welcome to a bit spurty. That's the noise that I feel like after watching the recent run of games is what I would say if we'd played more than one game in the last couple of weeks because we've only played Everton and we've won. So that was awesome. Yeah. Welcome to the A Bit Spursy Selective podcast. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Played one game. It's been a very quiet couple of weeks. Think of us as the North Korea of Tottenham Hotspur podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we've got, we played two games. We are uh, Eintracht Frankfurt as well. So that's true. Two we, mm. we want it because we want to establish that we beat a European team. Um, so two games, two wins, happy days for all Spurs fans. Yep, exactly. What a oh gosh, this season's been the best. <laughs> we just can't stop winning everything. We can't stop winning. Everything's come together really nicely. There's not already infighting in amongst the fans. No one's just gone uh Conte out which you know you you wouldn't you wouldn't do that at this point because you know we're so good 12 games in 12 games in or 11 11 or 12 games in to a mm-hmm. you know potentially an undefeated season fantastic what a what a uh and you know even if we managed to lose a game away that won't matter because we haven't lost any at home <laughs> and it would be great to you know win out at home it would be. It would be great. We haven't lost to any uh, sovereign state-funded teams at home either. That's good. Yep. Yep. So, yep that's right. We have been protective of the integrity of the game of football. Not the league, the game of football. <laughs> Buddy, I feel like people listening to this, it's like, no, I like the bit. I like the bit. Are they going to do it for the whole episode? Because um... <laughs> We could because as I'm talking about it, I'm getting more and more worked up and angry. So I, yeah. um, I would have to, I would have to cut it at some point. Yeah, it's been. It, uh, we're recording straight after the. Well, not straight after. Imagine if we did that, that would be a bad podcast because um, it would be five o'clock in the morning. Um, but the day of our time, or day after, I guess, um, that we played um, the sovereign state of Saudi Arabia in a game uh, at our home home ground. Um, Dan, how are you uh, feeling post that game? Uh, not good. <laughs> no. Definitely not good. Uh, a little bit sad, I think. So we were supposed to uh, record last week. I was away. And if we had recorded last week, we would have been celebrating the two wins, Everton and um, Frankfurt. Um, so there was every chance that we were going to record tonight and we would be celebrating four victories. <laughs> but <laughs> the recent two results, I think, have definitely uh, overshadowed uh, the, the previous ones. Yep. Yep. They most certainly have. Oh, we beat Everton. Woohoo. Oh, we beat Frankfurt, <laughs> but then made a bunch of subs and the game was absolute chaos. Or, uh, whatever it was. Cool. I think awesome. it was one That's of those really, like in some ways that Frankfurt game, it was that, like you said, there was just absolute chaos. So it was a bit of fun. It's like the game mm. was sewn up and then it's like, you know what? Let's make it a little bit of fun. Let's, mm. and then it just went like everything was happening. There was like, you know, they had a red card. There could have been other cards. They could, it was just one of those things where it's like, hang on, are we not going to win this game? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Man U game, I feel like we can quickly get that out of the way. Yeah, let's just do it. Um, So um, I don't know about your thoughts. Like in the context of everything, 2-0 away to Man U, I didn't think was a bad result. Um, mm. But I think the performance wasn't great. And then losing in the next game after that, I think maybe more compounds it and it feels worse um, mm-hmm. to, to me. But what's your read on, on that? I hated it. 
Um, I thought the performance was really average. Um, I felt like it, it, I mean, we just have, every time we go to Old Trafford, regardless of what state Manchester United are in, we always seem to find it extremely difficult to get a result. You know, last time it was, they were awful, but Ronaldo scored them three goals. Um, This time he stormed off (laughs) before the game ended and we got roasted. Like the pressing is just such a, a concern for me because it, they did it. They did it well. Um, we just sort of didn't really look like we had any kind of answers. Um, we were sitting so deep. Like I know, was it this game or am I am I mixing games where there was a goal? Oh, it was it was Fred's goal that um, came off a dire deflection. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh god, I just hate them, and <laughs> it. I hate to talk about this game because. Yeah, it was it was awful. It was awful. We were awful. Yeah, um, it was it was interesting to me because I thought in the first fifteen minutes we actually looked really good, and it was yeah. like, all right, hey, maybe we're up for this. Um, mm. But then fifteen minutes onwards, absolutely the opposite of that, and mm. I feel like it, it seems like we when we play certain teams, it's like it's a cup final for them. And to what you said earlier, like they can be in a horrible run of form. Um, like it always happens when we play Chelsea. It's like they'll be playing really, really badly. And then suddenly they're just like peak Mourinho's Chelsea again. Um, mm. And I felt a bit way for Man U where I was like, mm. hey, we can kind of get at Man U here. They haven't been playing that well. And then they just were all over it. <laughs> and like mm. they had almost 30 shots in the game. And I know we've spoken before about like good quality shots versus that and all that sort of thing. But regardless, 30 shots overall, it's, it's a lot. Um, mm. And... I think we were just swamped and their players suddenly just all seemed to magically care somehow. Mm, mm. I mean, Marcus Rashford, Rashford still sucked. So that, that, uh, <laughs> that stayed consistent, but yeah, all of a sudden it was sort of like, I think we're a really good um, team for uniting other teams together in um, <laughs> a common cause. And that's what this, this is the game where things click. Yeah. Um, and, you know, part of, you know, the, the reason why that happens, you know, under Conte especially, I mean, it's a long-term curse, but um, is that because we're, you know, if we sit back and try and invite them onto us and then they're pressing, we're just sort of giving them the autonomy in the game to find themselves in a, um, sure, if we score a couple of counterattacks, you know, if it goes our way and we score off two counterattacks, then all of a sudden the pressing game sort of breaks down because then it's like, well, if I press, then I'm leaving space behind, blah, blah, blah. But if that doesn't happen, like it didn't happen in this game, then it just looks like we're just kind of like, go on then. <laughs> Tear us to pieces. Ah, <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, I think what this is sort of showing to me is because, there, you know, there are a lot of calls for, you know, go to a 3-5-2, go to a 3-5-2. We've seen two games in 3-5-2 and two losses. Um, mm. And... I saw a clip in the week. I think it was, it was some some Sky Sports thing, and it was after a game, and it was Thomas Frank and Graham Potter, and they were both being interviewed at the same time. And then it was kind of cool in a way. They said, "Hey, do you want to ask each other a question?" Mm. Um, and so then they they actually thought about it and took the, took it seriously. And um, like Potter wasn't like, "Oh, Thomas, where do you get your jackets from? They're so cool, man." <laughs> um, 
But they actually asked them, you know, sort of more serious questions. And I think Potter's answer, because Thomas Frank's, his question to him was around formation and like, you play this formation, then move to this, then move to that, whatever. And um, Potter was, he was sort of saying that it's like, to him, the actual formation is not massively important. And it's about the players should be able to sort of play together, play well, and be able to adapt to the different formations that they're in. So that mm. it's, and it seemed like he was kind of saying that there's too much fixation on like formation per se. Mm. Um, and I think maybe what these two games have showed me for us um, is something similar to that, where mm. regardless of really our formation, um, when we are trying to play out from the back and we don't have Kulisevsky in the team somewhere, um, it's almost, it feels like we're, Conte's just maybe a little, being a little bit too stubborn and being like, no, we must play that. We must play at the back. We don't have the players for it. And teams are just pressing us and we're losing. <laughs> like, mm, mm. I mean, I think, you know, the formation, the concept of the formations that get shown on the televised broadcast. Like if you look at those like formation heat maps for any team, and then you actually look at what it's like looking at, you know, when, um, if you see the star signs in the sky and then it's like a bunch of lines, and you're like, how is that a centaur? That's just a bunch of lines. It's, it's a similar thing where it's like, it's not how it's played really. Mm. Um, and what's happened is to try and translate what's happening. Um, you know, those kind of, you know, we know about things like three, five, two or four, three, three or whatever that, you know, the, the actual difference is between the 343 and the 352 is the fact that there's an extra midfielder on the pitch. Where they play, like in this game, for instance, Benjamin Kerr was playing like wide right for a lot of it. Um, you know, that's just, it's just like, it's it's like, you know, when uh, what was that Champions League game where we had, apparently we were playing Perisic up front, Um you know, it's like, well, that that's a horrendous error, but the actual formation that we play is more about, like, the personnel that we are having on the pitch in terms of, like, positioning or player type. You know, it's not that important. I'm, I'm, I'm in, what I'm trying to say is I'm, I, I am of the same knowledge about football as Graham Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in some ways it was maybe good for um you know certain fans to see this formation played for a couple of games uh so that it doesn't just become the formation is the problem oh we changed that and then we're winning why can't we just do that and then that's it's going to be all over um mm. but then by the same token it's now that we've seen it i think then those sort of fans are still like well what do we complain about now we've got to find something else <laughs> yeah um but yeah I feel like maybe we should just move into the Newcastle game because we're kind of like transitioning into that um, anyway. Um, but oh, probably the last thing for the value game, Ronaldo storming off when they're winning 2-0 and Ten Hag confirming later that he had actually refused to come on <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous. And then Ronaldo puts up his apology essay on Instagram, but <laughs> did not actually ever apologize in it mm. and did not say sorry like the only mm. thing that came close to that was, I think he had a line in there of, we all get uh, heated in moments sometimes, but that's it. Mm. The rest of it was just like defending his career 
and didn't didn't mention Ten Hag, didn't mention anything else. And I'm like, can this flog just please retire and just leave? It's so funny. It's so funny that he, the most, one of the most celebrated footballers ever, um, one of the most well-known people in the world, let alone within uh, football circles. I mean, circles make it sound like it's niche. Within people that follow football in any capacity <laughs> is now going about and seemingly purposely trying to ruin any kind of legacy he has by showing what a like spoiled little brat he is in terms of uh, his participation in a game it is a team game. It's a team game, right? He refused to come on, and then they were winning, and he stayed left. He left, and you get these, like, you know, fanboys just defending him, like, no, you don't do that to the GOAT. You don't leave him on the beat. I'm like, dude's 38. Dude is yeah. 38. And we've made it clear how we feel about him as a human before. We're not very big fans mm. at all. But if we're just talking about him, even pure, just purely in footballing terms, like, he's an old man now. And mm. behaving like an absolute toddler and just leaving the stadium <laughs> when he's asked to come on for a few minutes. It's, <laughs> it is so ridiculous um, and so immature. And it's like, if, if any of our players did something like that, like I, I would, I, I wouldn't say I'd instantly just want them out of the club, but like, can you imagine if Son was on the bench, um, you know, for that Leicester game and, and Conte didn't bring him on? And then he's like, mm. oh, Son, Sonny, do you want to come on for the last couple of minutes? We're winning this. And Son just goes, no. And it goes down the tunnel. And it came out that that happened. I would be fuming with Son. Yeah, it'd be this horrible, you're not the person that I thought you were. I thought you were this, like, team player, good to do. Turns out that you're a snake <laughs> and a brat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I loved, actually, like, early, early days in this game, um, there was a shot of Ronaldo on the bench, and he's got, one of those little dangly crucifix earrings, which Deli Alley had when Deli Alley was 22, 23. Yeah. And Ronaldo's 38. He looks like he's getting to the point where it's starting to look stupid. Yeah. And I love that. I love how stupid it looks. And he's decided that it's that's a cool thing to do. Like, he looks ridiculous. Yeah. Also, is like, is that some sort of protest for him too? That the fact he's on the bench, he wears this huge earring that he can't play with. So like yeah. he would have to take that out to go on. And it's just like, well, if I'm on the bench, I'll just do what I want, I guess, because well, who knows? <laughs> I'll wear this. I'll, I'll wear, and it's it's so it's just so ridiculous and petulant. Like I, I equate this to like Barney, if we were just work we we're just working at an accounting firm together and then mm. You know, our, our boss would come in and said, "Oh, Barney, they've already, they've pretty much done the report and finished it. Can you just go in there and just print it off for the last minute or so, mm. and then you mm. just get up, stand up, walk out of the building, and go home." <laughs> I stand up to the sound of jingles because I'm wearing a crucifix earring and rings on every finger, um, and storm out of that building. It's so ridiculous. Like, you know, and and could you go? Like, I'm, I'm trying to say like. Could you understand this if it's in the sense of, look, man, you were getting hammered and then it's like the, the game's completely done and then Ronaldo doesn't want to go on. I can understand then if he didn't want to go on, but I still think he should. But in this mm. instance, like, this game was so dead. <laughs> it mm. was so dead at this stage. We were not even looking, like, remotely close to, like, coming back at all. 
Mm-hmm. It's, I look, it's a way for us to deflect about talking about the actual game. Yeah. 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 This to me yep. was the most embarrassing thing. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, and it's completely overshadowed the loss. Um, to everyone is saying that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think moving on to Newcastle initially, actually, Barney, what was your take when you saw the lineup, uh, for this game? Well, Dan, I'm not sure if you, um, remember this or you're priming me to say what I said to you, but what I said to you was, oh my God, we're going to lose. Great. I love it. It's <laughs> just like, <laughs> just, we're removing the magic of podcasting here. <laughs> I'll leave Barney in. I know he's going to say something here. And then it's like, I've already told you that previously when the lineup came out, Dan. I won't repeat myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I was trying to do was uh, compliment you um, for leading me in like that. But instead, um, what I've done has been like, oh. (laughs) You called me out. (laughs) Yeah. Look, behind these robes, I'm just a bag of bones. (laughs) Um, but yes, you did call the loss. You did call the loss. Yeah. Yeah. Really proud of that. Um, yeah, it was, as soon as I saw the lineup, I just can't get over. Like, I know that apparently Conte loves Royale. Apparently big fan. He likes big boys. Royale's a big boy. (laughs) I like, as a person, I like Royale. Like he's a, he's seemingly a good guy, but that doesn't mean that he has to play with Davidson Sanchez in that in that role there, because we know what happens. Yeah, but he could persist with it. I just don't get it. Yeah, and I think this is the stubbornness which I'm I'm starting to get a little bit um, a little bit over from Cote, where it's like, sure, he wants to play in a, a manner. He's got his philosophy. Fine, 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 fine. But if you're this good a manager, surely you you have a, like a bridging period where you're like look, this is how we want to eventually play. I know I don't have the personnel for that just yet, but within a few windows, we're going to get there and we'll have that team then, but we can go from there. But it's Mm. like he stubbornly is going like, well, I don't have all the players I want, but this is my formation. I'm going to go about and make them like look bad and then complain (laughs) about it afterwards. It's not my fault. I need players. I need other players. And it's Mm. just so ridiculous that, um, and this is not trying to blame this particular result on Sanchez and Royal at all, but we just know that as soon as teams see Sanchez and Emerson on the team sheet, like they're they're preparing for that during the week and go, hey, Spurs play Sanchez and uh, and Emerson. We just press them and we let kind of let them have the ball and then and then close them down and that's it. They'll turn it over and that's just it. Game done. And every single team we're playing against does this now, um, and it's just like we have no plan around that. We've got nothing to counteract that. Um, mm. plus then we have Hugo behind <laughs> and he can't pass any, like he's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we've moved on to the Hugo. I cannot, he, the thing about Hugo is right. So he's our captain. He's won world cup as the captain of France. And what he does as a, as a, a lot of the time, you know, captains of clubs or countries, they pick a player that's industrious has great sort of like team spirit is a good you know uh, leader and because of that profile they don't make errors like Lloris makes 
where when the Reese makes an error, we talk about it. I mean, a part of that is that he's the goalkeeper. So if he makes an error, it's a goal. We can see the goal. But the the level to which he makes errors is just like sometimes I just don't understand what happens for someone that seems so cool, calm, and collected and reserved to make choices like he made during this game. It's just yeah, baffling to me. Yeah. Like on the on the first one where he runs out, oh, and he takes out like, <laughs> so on one of the replays you see it, and it's like he, it's like he's trying to clear the ball with his balls, yeah. <laughs> like he's like, you know, the ball comes in here. How am I gonna? Oh, I'll just groin it away. Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you think is gonna happen there? Why are you even preparing to do that? Why are you thinking I'll just smoothly like? you know, shimmy past Wilson here and I'll control it and I'll go in a hero. Like what just, if you're going to rush out and do that, you've got to just clear it. So mm. I don't know what on earth he was thinking. And it strikes me as, you know, a guy who's getting a little bit older and mm-hmm. still thinks maybe he's 20 and also mm-hmm. still thinks that the game hasn't evolved. Uh, where I think when Fugo first started this idea of sweeper keepers, I'm not saying it was 100% new then, but there were not that many sweeper keepers around. So Hugo being a sweeper keeper was like, oh, wow, he gets out fast off his line. Not many keepers do that. Oh, my goodness. Whereas now it's like, you know, keepers, there's so much more demand from what they need to be able to do. So him being Mm. like quick off his line, it's like, (laughs) it's such a high risk move to make. And now it's, (laughs) it's, I, I don't understand. I just don't understand why he did that. And why he didn't, even if he did it, just didn't try and just smash the ball anywhere. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like he just, the fact that he made that particular choice as well, when the margin for error is huge, and (laughs) then he committed said error and tried to, like, balls the ball away. Like, it, it just looked insane. It looked insane. Um, and then his reaction afterwards was like, you know, he was sort of throwing his arms up and, oh, boy, God. I was like, dude, that's, this is your fault, this goal. Like, this isn't like, oh, you could blame, um, I guess, so-and-so in front of him did this and he couldn't see it. It's like, no, no, this was a very demonstrative error. Yeah. And it was almost funny in the way that so – it's like, you know, he's like, oh, foul. That was a foul. That was a foul. And, but when we see the VAR, it's like, yeah, could you say that uh, Wilson puts his arm out? Sure, of course. But mm. to me, the VAR just made Hugo's error look even more ridiculous. So it's mm. like we got to relive this moment in slow-mo. And every time it was, it just got more and more stupid. <laughs> We're just like, what have you done here, Hugo? This makes no sense. It. It sort of is like, to me, like if you're playing futsal and you've got a guy on the team who's never going to play in goals because he's so horrible, he plays in for a week, does that, and mm. you're like, you know what? We're not going to put Tommy in goals again. Because that about Cameron Gay? I'm not naming any names. Yeah, right. Because okay. <laughs> that's the case with our, with Cameron Gay, our friend. So um, that's not relevant to anyone, but I just want to say. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I love again, buddy. Like, I'm not going to let this slide. I'm going to get the real facts here. <laughs> <laughs> Really uncovering the truth behind the podcast today. Um, but yeah, you go. I'm unhinged. I'm unhinged. <laughs> but you look at that and you go like, this is an amateur error and you excuse it if someone is not a goalkeeper and they're filling in and they're just trying their best. 
But like you said, it's a World Cup winning keeper, supposed to be our captain, you know, in the, the entering the twilight of his career. Um, when you get to that stage, uh, goalkeepers shouldn't really be making that many mistakes at all. But whenever Hugo makes a mistake, it's almost like a guaranteed goal because they're just such huge gaffes. Mm, mm. It's like I, I watched the um, Everton game um, with my partner the night before um, because she's obsessed with Jordan Pickford because um, she thinks he's an angry frog, um, which he is, especially every year they give him a green kit. He looks, he slicks his hair back to be nice and moist like a frog. Um, he actually, and, I was just going to add in, before the game when we played them, I noticed that he got the drink bottle before kickoff and they just showed him do this for some reason. And he mm. sprayed it so hard into his face and just wet his face so much. <laughs> it was we did so, an It was so unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to stay moist at all times. <laughs> so that's, it's very important. But he, so he's a, a keeper that makes, he yells a lot. He makes errors, but the errors that he makes from having watched Everton, are not like when Lawrence makes an error, as you said, it's like the error that he accidentally leans on the button that sends all the, like releases all the nuclear missiles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> where, where the Pickford makes errors and he can recover from them or he makes an error and, you know, whatever, goes out for a corner. Or, um, not to say he doesn't make errors because he makes heaps, but, yeah, Larissa is just always so glaring. Mm. Um, and maybe that's just because he, the way he operates as a keeper, he makes calls that allow him to make saves, you know, fantastic saves, and then when it doesn't work, it really does blow up. Yeah. In his face. Well, and I think it it almost comes, it, it all plays into the same idea that like he's an excellent shot stopper, but then the rest of his game is very wow. underwhelming. And so, uh, you know, the second goal, like, I don't know what his chipped pass out was. Like that was so bad as well, but you can then look at the first goal and go, okay, cool. That wasn't a shot stopping incident for the first goal. That was, if he was coming off his line, try and clear it. Like it's involving his feet. It's involving mm-hmm. movement in that sense. So yeah, it, it's like, I just don't understand how this keeps happening. Um, I know this is not obviously happening every single week, but mm. this is, we're just getting a few errors again and in, in crucial games, like the Arsenal game that was really, really poor. And just with his feet, I'm, I'm like, I practice. <laughs> what are you doing every day? I don't know. What is he, what is he doing? Is there no way that he can... Like, is this the absolute maximum that he's at in terms of his distribution of the ball? Like, is this it? Like, will it, it just doesn't get any better. Like, surely, if he practiced it, <laughs> it would. Like, Definitely. I don't look, I, I guess to, to also balance it out, you know, we do say, look, we've got Emerson, we've got Sanchez. Can we be beat? We can't be too harsh on them because we know what their limitations are. We know what their capabilities are. So what are we going to expect to happen when they play? And I feel now it's like, I'm feeling very frustrated with Hugo. I think cause he was, <laughs> to me, it was a fault for both goals last night. So this yeah. has really kind of amplified it further. Um, but then if we were to zoom out and look at the bigger picture here, to me, the question really would be Antonio. <laughs> mm. Do not make him play out with his feet. Do not make him do this because we know that he can't do that. We, we just need to be utilizing him in situations where he is operating as a shot stopper and that's it until we get a new mm. keeper who, you know, 
actually is a footballer. Yeah. I, you know, on, uh, on Antonio, what I, um, sort of got from, especially the last two games, um, Ben Daniels on uh, Willie de la Radio, once the transfer window shut, said he didn't rate the window, he didn't like it. And I was like, it was pretty good. But in retrospect, if you, <laughs> he's probably right. Because if Conte needs a keeper that can play out, we needed to get a keeper that could play out. If Conte needs, if you know, as we all know, if the, the Wimbox are so important to the system, and there were numerous times in both these games where there's an out ball to, you know, say Emerson or even Doherty or whatever, and it doesn't happen. In With with, with Doherty, it was mostly, uh, there were a few that was like, well, he's too slow. And then with Emerson, it's like he just can't, once he gets up there, he has, it's like he's never been on that. Every time he goes back, it's like momentum. He's got no idea that he's been there before. He's like, what the hell? And then, you know, overplays the cross or whatever. It's like, if we need that for content system, which we obviously did, why didn't we then sign a right back as our number one signing that we needed to make? And then we needed to sign a new keeper. And we really needed, um, and I know we signed Jet Spence, um, but he's been no idea the first team. Um, and if we needed someone to play that could play out on the right-hand side, if Romero gets injured, we should have signed a centre-back. It's like, these are all really... Uh, pragmatic signings based on the system that we're meant to play. But instead we signed Charleston who, you know, unfortunately is injured, but you know, on average, it's like, what has he changed in terms of, apart from having a backup for Kane, like what has he changed? You know, we needed a backup for Decky. That's what we actually needed. Um, so yeah, basically employ me as the technical director. Um, Parachichi out. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think all the stuff like what to me makes it so hard is that we never are really actually going to know what the conversations are within the club and what they're talking about, what mm. they're doing, and but yeah, I, I kind of agree, and it's. You know, all we get really, Conte is the only one who really talks and then Paratici will talk every now and then. Like once the transfer window, we might get at the end a video of Paratici saying something. But, mm. you know, is this a scenario where we actually do have uh, a right back, not necessarily lined up, but we're like, hey, we know this player is going to be available next window um, or at the end of the season or whatever. And we're really, that's the player we've identified as the long-term solution. So the plan is we're going to make do with what we have, you know, for six months. It might not be great, but we know we're getting X at that stage. Mm. But because mm. we don't know that, it's like, it's where we, you know, we're, we're forced to draw, the, you know, draw our own conclusions and think, why do we buy this player when we should have bought this player and mm. we should have bought that? Um, because I think in, in essence, like Richardson as a signing, I like him as a signing if he's, say, used to rotate Kane and Son. Um, but like you said, like, there's, we have Decky and we, you know, you, you're forced to think, okay, well, if Decky's out, is there something that Conte thinks maybe Hill could step up and do something in that role? Yeah. But then Hill comes on and he sort of gets pushed around and um, <laughs> he's really no Decky. But yeah, it's it's really tough to know what the plans are. And I think it would be 
it would be more, a lot nicer if there if it was a little bit more open um, communications from clubs to fans as to obviously not revealing everything you're trying to do, but just at least a little bit of like, hey, we're addressing these positions now. Next summer we're going to address you know these positions, um, and yeah, I don't know. It would just present the bigger picture to everyone else rather than having it so sort of closed off to to everyone because it's like the club keeps the fans closed off as much as it does their rivals mm. i mean i think that the that only works if the fans all sign like an nda because as soon <laughs> as soon as that uh gets released like if the club says yeah we know we need a right wing back we're going to sign one in the next window then every single club that has a right wing back that they want to get rid of is then contacting Tottenham to be like, hey, buy ours for two, like 200 million over the asking price. <laughs> or um, uh, if they do approach someone, they're like, well, we know you need this. Um, where at the moment, because of the, you know, Conte being like, he likes Royale and Bob, he might hate Royale, but. If he says he likes him, then when we negotiate for a right wing back, then Paratid, you can say, I mean, that price is too expensive and we've kind of got players that we like it already. We're just sort of interested. Yeah, I I take that. I I still think, though, there is a way, though, that if you have a good negotiator and if Paratici is, you know, as good as he is supposed to be, Mm. that even if it's well known that, like, hey, we're looking for a wing back, um, even if a club's like, oh, you want ours? Well, it's, uh, it's now cost this much. If you're turning around to them going like, all right, that's fine. We're going elsewhere. They're suddenly like, well, hang on. No, we actually kind of need to, well, we need a bit of money ourselves. Mm. Um, and given the financial status of like clubs over the next, you know, year or two, there's a lot are still not going to be in great places. So I think you're really only struggling in that sense. If you're trying to go to like PSG and go, Hey, can we have Hakimi please? Mm. But I think that you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're at the mercy of the other club's financial status at all times, Uh, you know, and especially within the Premier League because of if we were wanting to buy within the Premier League because of the TV rights, like there's no clubs that are in dire straits like there are in other leagues in Europe. Um, So I get why they don't do it, but I also agree with you that it is a little bit over the top how uh, secretive (laughs) it is. Yeah, well, I just feel like in American sports, for example, like they're a little bit more open with things like that. And, um, you know, it, I'm not necessarily saying it's like, it, it, you know, I would want the club to go, hey, I want, hey, we're, we're going to focus, put all our efforts into buying a right wing back in January um, and, and just leave it at that. Like, I think, yeah, it's still, you know, have some ambiguity to it a little bit, but just kind of at least being a little bit more forthright in some info of like, Hey, we really wanted to address this position over the next couple of windows. We are going to be looking at strengthening our defense, our midfit, whatever. Um, just give us something a little bit, um, just so, yeah, we don't have to deal with Conte going both ways, either him just nutting it (laughs) or Mm. him just being like, Hey, this is chill. We're going to lose for a while. And it's a, it's a very big, long project. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just looking at his, the transcript of the press conference. And I was expecting him to know it. And he really doesn't. Um, but I think the most uh, significant thing that he says is, he talks about the squad and 
needing to have, um, you know, like uh, players that you are uh, natural substitutions and not the words he uses are invent substitutions, mm-hmm. which, you know, like in that game, for instance, when Lucas Moura comes on, you're not like, oh, well, look at this. We're playing one of our cards here. You're like, nothing's happening here. This is this is pointless. Um, he's going to run around a lot, um, which he did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like as opposed to when Richarlison's fit, if it's like now we bring on Richarlison, then it's like, okay, we've added something different and we've added a, a dangerous player to our attack that just psychologically us bringing him on uh, says to the other team, you need to be careful. And then that may, might make them play within themselves a little bit and then we get a goal, you know, whatever. But like they know Lucas Mora. <laughs> they see him come on the go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Just back off him. Yeah. Let him run and he'll be fine. Mm. He won't do anything. <laughs> yeah. He's going to forest gump it. He'll yeah. just keep on running um, past the touchline. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, I think something else which has kind of confused me a little bit um, over the course of the season is – Preseason, we saw so many videos, fitness, 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 players doing 50,000 laps, um, you know, on public display almost to sort of say, hey, this is what we're focusing on. We're focusing on running, 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 running. Um, I don't think this season I've seen any games where it really has looked like we've come out and run over the top of teams, um, apart from like one or two early on, maybe like the Fulham game or something like that. Um, But in these games, it really doesn't look like we're – uh, it doesn't really look like our fitness overall is that high. Um, yep. We don't have the situation where, you know, back in the potch days, and I'm not pining back for the potch days, but we were very, very fit then. And we could go down in games and pretty confident be like, we are actually going to come back and really start flourishing in, you know, after mm. 70 minutes. Mm. Um, so I'm just sort of a little bit confused as to what is going on there. And I, and I guess this is where maybe I would also love a bit more transparency too. Like, are we actually trying to, you know, you know, constrain our energy exertion a little bit in terms of the amount of games we have and leading up to the World Cup and thinking that there's going to be a lot going on. So we aren't actually trying to push our limits at this stage. We are just trying to sort of play within it a little bit. Is that what we're trying to do? Or are we just not as fit as... (laughs) Cote wanted them to be. And it's like Emerson's the only one who was really, really impressing him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused um, as, as to what happened there. Cause I guess, yeah, I haven't really seen, um, seen much, you know, in that regard. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, I think you're right. I, I actually was wondering the same thing um, in terms of the fitness, because it's not like in the, in the Pochettino era where, you could, there was sort of a visible demonstration of how fit the team was in the sense that, you know, we were doing what we were doing at the end of games and we didn't look tired. Whether with Conte, I'm like, yeah, I know we did all those laps and Hurricane threw up and blah, 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 but it doesn't, and maybe it's just game style, but it's not as observable. So I'm like, how fit are we? Because I'm not getting the sense that we're, so much fitter than every other team that actually, you know, like we can just continue to play at full throttle for the whole game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess what Conte said in his press conference, and um, I agree with it, it was good to see we go two down, we score another goal, you know, 
we, you know, you can't, it's not one of those things where you can say like, the players just aren't putting effort in. It's like, well, they obviously are, but the, the problem is, you know, perhaps stubbornness or personnel or um, system, um, which is almost like more frustrating because it's like as a fan when you're like, they're just not putting effort in. These rich people, they're not putting in effort when they're running around in the park. And, you know, there is an element to it where it's like, well, if the fans get really G'd up, uh, like we know there's this transfer there of like home advantage in the sense that you have, uh, you get sort of encouraged by your home fans and play better. Um, but if it's all these other things that actually are completely out of control of anyone watching Tottenham, then it's like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think what this overall sort of says to me as well is that I don't know, it's really, really difficult to just pinpoint the exact issues <laughs> that are sort of happening <laughs> at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. and like the, also the other thing, which, you know, have mentioned, you know, um, the, the, the sad passing away of Ventrone could be having still an effect on the squad, which would be very, very understandable as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, because that's, you know, that still only happened a week or two, you know, two weeks ago, mm. max. Mm. Um, and understandably that would affect, still be affecting people and affecting players. Um, maybe the, maybe again, the run of games, there's just too many games building up now. Um, especially having to go off and play in Europe and, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things here. Like, I feel like I'm sounding a lot more negative than I honestly feel like I'm probably a little bit more frustrated with say the, the Newcastle and Man U games just because it was kind of, you watch them and you're like, ah, oh, I'm just a bit tired of like of this, but overall I'm still not like toys out of the cart. Like, you know, we're still doing well points wise and there's a lot of teams competing this <laughs> for for Champions League now and N- Newcastle I think are a better team overall than what we maybe anticipated um and yeah I, I I'm still going into this positively but it maybe sort of just suggests that the season is going to be uh a little bit more of a challenge um than what we might have been hoping for thinking like oh we've got Antonio where <laughs> we're set yeah I mean I think you're right um, and you're right, you know, there's teams, uh, competing for the Champions League. And, uh, what I thought you were going to say is this season, there's lots of teams competing 20, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is how I feel, you know, 20 teams, it's a lot. Um, but you know, you're totally right. Yeah. Um, uh, should we, I've, I've just had a look at something to do with, um, our God, our hero, our sermon on the Mount, um, Paratici. What's he been doing? What's he up to? Paratici. Paratici watch. Yes, a throwback Paratici watch. Uh, mm. Haven't had much Paratici news for a little while. Um, but there is, uh, there has been a little snap of Paratici um, from the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I believe it's before a game, sort of rocking up to the stadium. Um, which also, here's the thing. I'm always a bit confused as to why all the players like walk across the pitch to get from where the bus like drops them off. It's like they walk through the stadium, out, across the pitch, across into the other side, into the change rooms. Um, yeah. And it does seem like a public walk 
to, to mm. like to go out because you kind of feel like a stadium like that is going to have if the bus can't pull around the other side they're going to have a tunnel or something that's like you don't have to go out you can go underneath and 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 go through there um but anyway paratici was uh walking along there and someone snapped a picture of his phone and uh, he had his headphones plugged in uh was he on a call didn't look mm. like it uh <laughs> did he have his business email open no it didn't look like it um <laughs> he, he had youtube open <laughs> and the sleuths online have come to the conclusion that he was listening to uh a silence the, the delirium uh featuring sarah mclaughlin uh the tiesto remix um so maybe this whole time paratici has not been doing working on any deals he is just screaming lyrics into his phone as uh as he had he bizarrely watches videos on youtube i think that's brilliant like in terms of him being like always look busy but i'm not always busy so i know what i'll do <laughs> and also the choice of song like tiesto righto uh, interesting and but then also featuring sarah mclaughlin are you kidding like a folk canadian singer songwriter what what yeah it's really um it's really quite bizarre. If you said to me, like, what song do you think if, if, if hey, Fabio is listening to a song, what song do you think it could be? I would never, ever have guessed this. There's, there is no way that I would have got close to guessing this. Yeah. Like, it's just fascinating. Like, why? Why is he listening to that in this moment? Is that his pump up track? That It must be his pump up track before, but it's also quite funny that. He has a pump-up trap before the game. <laughs> He's got to have one. Yeah. It's like, like, I mean, I understand, you know, if, if you're, you know, if you're, you're hanging out, you're going out, you might listen to some, something to pump you up as well, of course. But mm. it just seems weird that like, <laughs> you know, the, our director of football has said is also has his own pump-up music pre-match when it's like, he really doesn't have to do much there apart from just shout behind the player's box. <laughs> Maybe it's his and Steve Hitchens' song. Yeah, it's just in remembrance of. Mm, mm. Um, it's also you've. It does seem very kind of like dad-like in the sense of like, have you heard YouTube? This thing called YouTube, you can get <laughs> music on there. You can look up music on there. <laughs> what I also get from it is that it's like, my friend, you're already using wired headphones. Yeah, please. Use Spotify, yeah. <laughs> you know, that everyone uses. Even Apple Music, use that. But instead, what you're doing is using YouTube. But I assume you actually not paid for YouTube Premium because you're holding the phone with the video playing and the screen on because if you turn it off, the, the music stops. So he's obviously, he's still <laughs> sort of using just, re I mean, you know, you can do that. I do that. I wouldn't sign up for YouTube Premium, but. It's just it's fascinating to me that, that that means that perhaps this song doesn't exist on other music platforms and he's sorted out on YouTube. Yeah, that could be it. I love the idea too that he's like, um, he's always just like, I need, no, I need to keep the screen on because the, otherwise it turns off. <laughs> it's a stupid system. They should invent something else. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I also want like the video, is he just watching like Tiesto just DJ to a crowd? Like, um, I just didn't think that would be something that would interest him at all. No, not at all. I mean, 
it, it's so baffling, but you, you wouldn't sort of expect anything less from Paratici, I guess. No. Maybe he sees him as the Tiesto, he sees himself, sorry, as the Tiesto of um, football directors, which <laughs> kind of also suggests just standing around, not really doing much and just pushing a couple of buttons. Yeah. <laughs> And being what, like a little bit outdated. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> yeah. Like when you watch, I watched the video cause I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll check this out. Um, and like, you just watch it and you go, you know what? Tiesto is a bit of a weird dude. Oh yeah. Bit of a weird dude. Mm, mm. This feels odd watching. Mm. But yeah, look, that's all, we, <laughs> that's all we have for Paratici mm. watch. Um, I want to see more Paratici. Um, I want to see, I don't think we've had a Conte cam for a little while or nothing, no substantial Conte cams. Um, yep. for some reason, admin doesn't choose to put them up when we lose. Um, yeah, crazy. <laughs> really quite bizarre, but, um, hopefully we'll have some more Paratici soon. Um, should we move on to some questions, Bunny? Yes. Yes. Let us move on to some questions. Um, okay. This is good. We've actually got a couple, uh, sort of free kick related questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with those. So, uh, young focus us, uh, do we think Son, Dyer and Kane play rock, paper, scissors for free kicks before each game? And Kane is just particularly good at rock, paper, scissors. I, I mean, this is what I think. I think that they do do that. They play rock, paper, scissors and Kane's terrible at it. He loses, but he goes, he's like rock, paper, scissors, nuclear bomb and magic. <laughs> and they're like, that's not part of the carry. And he's like, well, mm, have you got a rule book? Because that's how I've always played. That's how we play in Cheshire. That's how we play. That's that's the that's the proper <laughs> rules. There's always that kid who does that. <laughs> best of three, best of three, Harry. And he's like, all right. And then they try and do it. They're like, nuclear bomb. And then he's like, mirror. <laughs> Reflected it. <laughs> it was like, when I was younger, I had a friend who like, whenever you just hang out like and you just make up some game like it'd be like mm. some like cricket football hybrid whatever you just had lying around you'd make mm. up some game or whatever and there, in our group friends was a one guy who as soon as he would do something he would just announce that that was the new rule that was included in the game as well <laughs> and so it's like no if you hit the bin that that's a goal that counts as a goal if you hit the bin as well and it's like, oh, um, uh, okay, fine. <laughs> and you just couldn't be bothered arguing, so you go with it. So maybe that is Kane in this scenario. Oh, my God. Did he say this friend, uh, like, okay, but after after this one, because I've just discovered this is fun to do that, or was it like that also counts, despite the fact that no one else knew that that was a rule? It's more so that he would stuff up, but mm. not being able to admit that it was a stuff up would mm. cover it up with a... Oh yeah, no. So I did that. That's the new rule that if you do that, that's also a good thing. <laughs> like, um, okay. Um, like, and he was also the sort of guy, which was bizarre that if you did something that was good, like we'd play games back in the day or something and you'd work out something that was a good tactic to use. And then it would just get outlawed by his, <laughs> no, you can't do that. No, that's, let's just not have that. That kind of ruins the game. So now you can't play with Ronaldinho on Pro Evo. No. Nah. So no more Barca, no more Brazil. Uh, now, all right, cool. Yep, I'm going to go France. <laughs> <laughs> God, that sounds so much like someone we both know. Yep. Yeah, called Tim Wingfield. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, Young Focus, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we believe you could be onto something there. Amazing. Great question. Agree. And 
the ramifications of it is every time I just can't. So Conte is a world-class manager. We've got a set-piece coach. We have a bunch of players that are good at free kicks. Yeah. And yet, Kane continues to be able to take them. Yeah. <laughs> he just... <laughs> it's just he, he can't... And you'll get moments in games where someone else lines up or someone else mm. even takes one and you go, oh, all right, Son's now on free kicks. But it's it, it's almost like Son, Kane sort of said, well, if you miss this, Sonia, it's back to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how does that work, Harry? You miss everything. No, no, no. The rule is if you miss now, it goes back to me to take the next one. <laughs> what about um, Eric Dyer or even um, uh, Kulisevsky? What about Kulisevsky? Oh, what about... Um, God, you know who's actually quite good at striking the ball? Um, Hoybier. No, no. So it goes, Sonny, and then he misses, it's me. Yeah, so I'm like the king of the free kick, so you have to score one to become the new king, and if you don't, <laughs> then I be- I stay king and I get the next one to go again. <laughs> I imagine if there's like, you know, we've got this quiet impression of Harry of like, he's just a quiet guy, you know, head down, be very, you know. Um, just goes about his business, very professional, very committed, all that. But he's just the most annoying person at the training ground. And like behind closed doors, he is just insufferable. But what does that mean for like, cause apparently him and Sonny are close or Dyer and, and Doc, <laughs> like, is that all lies? No, they might not be lies. Maybe they're just really submissive. Or they're insufferable too. Or they're insufferable and- as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean... If Cades go to them, like, no, no, I, I picked a movie that you rated well last week, so it's my pick again this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the king of movies still this week. Harry, can we please not watch Speed again? We're watching Speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Yep. So uh, there, Leonardo the dog adds to that. Um, and these mm. all these questions were all from the Discord. Leonardo the, Leonardo the dog. Uh, Kane needs an intervention, wants to play every minute, wants to take free kicks, both to the team detriment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what yeah. kind of intervention, you know, as, you know, like um, my rumoured profession um, that I've never spoken about before on this podcast, um, <laughs> what kind of intervention are we talking here? Um, what are we going to do to sort of help him to not play every minute um, or wanting to take free kicks? I don't know. I think it's going to be a quite invasive process where it's going to involve some um, modification of the brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Mm. Um, so we have another question from from Young Focus. Now, this question I think came in after the Everton game, which was Basuma mm. has arrived? Question mark. Mm. Um, and then after the Man U game, Basuma has not arrived? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I feel like it's been Basuma a little bit like that. Like we, we've we've seen him come off the bench and be like, yeah, okay, cool. Maybe not quite there yet. But then we've seen him play, play, you know, seemingly play well, but then play mm. poorly again. Um, yeah, it's still very much not the finished article in, in Conte's system. Yeah. This is why I'm such a fan of Young Focus that uh, <laughs> he can make a statement like that and then also be like, redacted. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is how opinions should be, you know, with more evidence, you then change the opinion. And you're totally right. I felt the same way uh, <laughs> after the evidence game. I was like, oh, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. it's clicking. And then was like, it's not, it's, it's clacking. Actually, yeah. that is clacking. <laughs> it's absolutely clacking. Um, <laughs> no, but it's a good, like, you know, all the opinions we have, it's like, they, they change, they can change from week to week. Uh, I'm sure if we win our next two games, <laughs> we'll come back in flying next week. Hey, welcome to a bit spursy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're back and it's fine. Um, and then mm. you don't go back in the, and the, hey, Barney, you said four weeks ago that you don't <laughs> think Matt Doherty's got a good cross on him, but he crossed it and got a, an assist this weekend. So what's your deal, mate? <laughs> there was one example of something that was against what you said one time in one game. So how are you going to defend that? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Definitely. Oh, look, Hugo plays really well next game. <laughs> we might be, oh, Hugo's a world-class keeper, isn't he? He's, oh, oh he's we're so lucky to have him and to have had him for so long. It's, it's such a great, um, I think for Tottenham to have him at the club. A statesman, a statesman of the game. Mm, absolutely brilliant. Can you imagine if, you know, like punditry is based around getting reactions, saying, um, opinions that maybe they don't even agree with but are sort of almost like narrativized so that you've got or so you've got a for and against and sort of like setting up this kind of battle between a bunch of talking heads um can you imagine if they they treated it like um academics like it would be the funniest it'd be like that game may suggest that (laughs) tottenham may have a tougher uh, season than was predicted. <laughs> Although my statement does have limitations. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying I'm mocking it, but I actually would love that. But um, it would make for good TV. Well, Barney, I think that's our, our new spin-off podcast is just, <laughs> it's basically a bit spursy with the academic version for... Mm. For those people who are just going like, you know what, when they give an opinion and it goes one way and they're a bit definitive on it, I don't like that. I really don't like that. <laughs> yeah. What about mm, no opinion that really goes any way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, uh, it's a lot of allegedly would be used in there as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay. Reported. Reported. Uh, uh, according to. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> According to the scoreboard, uh, allegedly yeah. we were down 2-0. Um, yeah. We may have conceded those goals. <laughs> it's like that. We just... may have conceded them. There are obviously multiple timelines to which that doesn't occur. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, if sometimes if we could just uh, have games come out in that manner, that would be mm-hmm. that would be really great. I think in the Newcastle game, I think it was at half time. I forget who the pundits were. It was Darren Bent and it was it. I don't know if it was Ray Parler. It might not have been Ray Parler, but they'd sort of asked the, they were asked about like a positive of something Tottenham had done. And this guy was ex-Arsenal and he's like, oh, I'm ex-Arsenal. I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> and you're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> great. Oh, sweet. Okay, great. Nice, great. nice, nice, nice. Yeah, great. Why are you here and why are you being paid? Yeah, I guess that's the opposite of the more academic version of things. <laughs> yeah. No, not answering that. Don't like it. Yeah. So Spurs <laughs> have had a couple of chances, wouldn't you say? They've created a, a few openings. No, I don't like your tone, not answering. 
Oh, come on. Just, you know, what do you think? Should they have had a goal by now? <laughs> <laughs> just farting. Sorry. <laughs> Fire. That's my answer. I'm farting. I'm farting. Uh, I'm ex-Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get some dips in here? Can we get French onion dip. <laughs> oh, I'm ex-Arsenal. <laughs> I would love if like an Arsenal fan somehow just chilled in at this stage of the pod and they would just be like, these guys, they, they lost this game and now so they, they're avoiding talking about it by just making <laughs> fart jokes about us. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> Eat that up, TIFO football. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, done, I'm done with TIFO. I'm listening to this from now on. These guys get it. <laughs> These guys are really on the money. Um, so we got, I, I can't guess a follow on from that from Renfe241193. Uh, are you guys a bit worried about Kane being overworked again this season? Was really hoping uh, Richie could start for him some Premier League or Champions League games, but at the moment, I don't know when that would be. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess he's injured, so that kind of. Totally. Uh... And to clarify, this question did come in a few weeks ago. I've, I've just seen. Uh... Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, it came in a few weeks ago. <laughs> Allegedly, according to how you might define time. Um, yeah, I mean, I assumed when Richie came in that it was going to be, you know, much the same and that Kane's going to play every single minute and it's only until one of his ankles breaks again that then we'll see Richardson playing up front. Um, in terms of him being overworked, I think Kane is overworked, has been overworked for every season that he's played. I'm, I'm not sure. It's very hard to make a kind of like, um, or give a definitive answer on that because I also like what is his capacity for playing like and until it becomes like very obvious from you know us watching on television that it seems like he's fatigued like there is also a lead-in period there when we're not noticing it so I'm always worried about Kane being overworked because he does do that to himself um, but I'm just not sure. You know, every every manager we've had, you know, as the profile has sort of gone up, apart from Nuno, who had no control over Kane because Kane was um, trying to leave on a motorbike um, to Man City. But, you know, no one seems to be able to be like, Harry's not playing. Like, you need, you need to have a game on the bench. Sorry. Um, so I assume, yeah. So my final answer is yes, I am worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it is a bit harder. Is but like when Kane was sort of more leading the line and sort of, um, you know, back. I don't know. It's, it's at least a few seasons ago now. Before he started dropping back into midfield to, to sort of try and get his assist stats up, um, it was a bit easier to sort of see how tired he might have been. Um, whereas now I think it sometimes, sometimes it seems like Kane goes missing in games, and this is not to like criticize him at all, but. It's just that because he sort of moves around a bit, he drops back, he does this, he's not like necessarily the focal point of the attack when we're really sort of going forward all the time. I find it really hard to sort of judge sometimes how much Kane is doing and if he actually is tired or if it's like his game now is just (laughs) a lot more based on, um, you know, trying to sort of sit back a little bit. But yeah, he just, he does seem untouchable and, 
I don't know. Personally, I think, and now very naively, I thought that when Richarlison was going to come in, we were going to see more rotation of finally we can rest Kane and Son a little bit more. Um, and I think I've been pretty, um, I don't know, pretty disappointed overall that it's just been like Kulisevsky, who I would argue is possibly more consistent than, well, definitely more consistent than Son, but possibly more consistent than Kane as well. Um, and it's like, all right, let's rest the consistent one <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's his, he's become, which is just so wild, our most important player. And that's not to say that if Kane and Son were injured and then said he wasn't, that we would then all of a sudden uh, be producing uh, a higher ratio of goals. Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when Kulisevsky's not there, you know, the last couple of weeks has happened. Um, and because he makes them better, um, yeah, it, it is very funny that he was the player being, which I assume probably was due to some kind of injury that now he's been benched for, oh, sorry, is out for. Um that there may have been some lead in there, which is why he was actually on the bench because it, it did seem odd at yeah. the time that he was the one getting benched. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier too, that it's like the, you know, getting a backup for Kulisevsky now seems more important than almost any other position. You'd probably say mm. a right-sided defender would be good or wingbacks, of course, but like really the, what position really sort of affects us playing. It's like, not having anyone to come in and do Decky's role. Um, mm. as like, even at a 60% of what Decky can do or a 70% or something. Um, it really, yeah, that's, that's really standing out now. I mean, Brian Hill does exist and his game against Frankfurt, you know, compared to the previous game where he came on and like, just literally did a poo on the center of the pitch. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> Brian, what are you doing? What are you doing, Brian? <laughs> this is my new style. <laughs> I'm going to make everyone think I'm so crazy. <laughs> I got Beatles haircut. Um, <laughs> like, I, you know, I guess that was against 10 men. And so does he come on and make absolutely no difference? But he can't, the, he can't do worse than bringing on Lucas Moore. Yeah. Like, it can't be worse than that. Most definitely. And mm. I think as well, you look at our squad and you just go, like, we're talking about our best player in our squad to our worst player in our squad are still in the top 99.9% .9 of footballers on the planet. Mm. So it's like, can they really be that bad that you just refuse to play? <laughs> like, yeah. that you under any circumstance, like, basically you have to be so piled up with injuries to even just consider putting them on for a few minutes. Like now Spence, it's like, okay, we know Spence is going to take time. He's going to take time to learn this system, but then coming on and like, for the most part, giving, being giving a minute at the end of games. <laughs> and it's just like, Emerson's really not done much here. You know, <laughs> why not just give him a go at least mm. for a couple of games and just give him some more substantial time. Just see what he can do rather than like, no, no, he's uh, not ready. I'm not going to play him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your other option is not working. Like just try it. 
Yeah, he can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can't be that. I bad. That we say this, we say this, and then he'll play, and it'll be like, oh no. <laughs> he does. Yeah, we see he comes on and he does just do the Brian Hill and just take a shit on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Okay, we go. Okay, great. Um, the question from Sammy Z here, Dan. I really like the combination of Basuma, Bentenker, and Hoybier. Do we think that will be a shape Conte leans towards? Will he start a game that way? Okay, can we also just take a moment here that we haven't mentioned our general ho this general whole time? Ho. And he missed the Newcastle game through to a an injury. Mm. Um now this was I think the this was only the second game he's missed due to injury since he mm. signed for the club in pre, in terms of Premier League. He was left out of the squad for some Europa games when, especially when Nuno had like his A team and B team. Um, <laughs> and I think he was left out of the team against Liverpool, but it's ridiculous record that in like, you know, over two seats, almost three seasons, he's, he's, he's only missed two games. Um, and what happens when he's not there? Ah. Yeah. Um, but uh, overall, like I would definitely like to see some more games with Basuma, Bentaker and Hoybier. Um, in there, like, like, yeah, we're, before we're talking about formations and this, that, and how maybe they aren't as important as anything, uh, sorry, as they often made out to be, but, um, yeah, I, I'd love some, some more games where the three of them are playing because like Benta, Benta and Hobie get to do so much work and do so much pressing and they are, I think they're generally pretty decent going forward and they both love going on runs. Mm. Um, and I, I think having them unleashed a little bit more and having Basuma just sort of hanging back and cleaning up a bit more. I'm, I really, I really like that as well. Yeah. I've got to say like this Newcastle game, I hope that anyone that's been slagging him off for no reason has watched that and been like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. It seemed like something was missing. <laughs> something was missing <laughs> in the middle of the park. Some, hmm. oh, God. Dembele is it Dembele? <laughs> like, I'm not to say I didn't like. I thought Skip was good, and I'm not like. Uh, I'd love to see Skippy play more, but also I think the one thing you can say, which is maybe why he's copped the kind of criticism he's copped, is that General Ho has a presence on the pitch, mm. um, and because of that presence, he's noticeable, and that's why he cops the criticism he gets. Um, Dan, I've noticed you put in our notes here, Pierre's whispers. Could you explain that to me? Oh, so (laughs) (laughs) that was before the Man U game. It was, um, it was in the tunnel and for some reason, so they just had the shot on, uh, on Hugo and then there was the team sort of behind him and Pierre was just going up the line of people, tapping them on the shoulder and then just whispering in their ear. So he kind of, he was just going, and I don't know what he was trying to say at that moment, but it's almost like maybe he forgot to, it's like, you know, I forgot to say this in the change room before, but um, Harry, I really like you, man. You're a good guy. Okay, next. Uh, <laughs> Hugo, guess what? Hey, I'm sorry I forgot your birthday last year. Just need to need to clarify that. Like, what? what I, I just don't know what he thought. He's like, I need to just go whisper <laughs> to everyone in the team here. Is it some tactical thing? Because it didn't work <laughs> if it was. So I really hope it was just some sort of nonsense and nothing that... He's like, you know what, Tim? I'm. Let's try out my secret tactic today. Uh, after <laughs> after twenty minutes, let's pull on the Pierre tactic and see what happens. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 
of Pierre just whispering his way up the uh, up the lineup. The uh, what do they call it in Game of Thrones? The the Lord is it the Lord of Whispers or the? Oh, it could yeah, it could be. Yeah, <laughs> could be. All right, we'll call it that. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, one other thing I noticed, Barney, from pre-match um, screens, and I think it's, I feel like once you notice it, I, I don't know, since I noticed it, I've been doing it every game now, but you'll see for the lineups, they, uh, certain players are smiling a lot. Mm. Other players are looking angry. And then some other players are trying to look cool. Mm. Now, these are the little headshots that they put up on the screen to show the mm. formations. What confuses me a little bit though, is that different players have different headshots shown at different games. Oh, so I don't know what, so for the menu game, for example, Doherty's there with a little grin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if you look at the Everton picture, he's pouting at the game yeah. <laughs> in that one. Uh, likewise, Romero is smiling in the uh, Everton pregame one, as is Hugo. Absolute massive grin. Yet mm. Romero and uh, Hugo before the Man U game, very, very serious. So I wonder, <laughs> is there someone sitting there who does the graphics, who goes through and decides who's going to look serious and who's going to look happy depending on just how they feel before that game. There must be. Like, who's making those calls? Just have one image. Why, why is it Why is it changing? That is bizarre. That's a very good pickup. Maybe the players, before they get to the, well, when they get to the ground, they have, um, you know, sometimes like it, it'll be at the dentist or library or something. They have these little touch screens. Oh, they're like rating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how was your experience? Yeah. Um, maybe when players arrive, it just is like, maybe this is a new mental health thing the Premier League are doing. And so they arrive to the stadium and there's a little iPad, which is just like, how are you feeling today? And then they just get to select how they're feeling. And that automatically <laughs> filters through um, to show up on the pre-match graphic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that must be how it goes. Because otherwise it makes no sense. That at least uh, has some kind of rationale behind it. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any sense at all because some look, some look sad. As well, some look quite mm. sad. Um, like in the menu graphic, like Bruno Fernandez looks so sad, um, mm. but Varane looks so happy. I just don't. It. it I don't understand how how this happens. <laughs> Something to investigate. Something to investigate. Something to investigate. I'll um, I'll keep an eye out for the next game or two, mm. uh, and then we'll see if you know this bit still has legs or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it will. It sounds like there's something fishy going on. (laughs) You know, I like that podcast. When the results aren't good, they just talk about if the players have little happy graphics or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should we, I'm going to, as I said, going to jump on and do some more um, really exciting work. So should we jump into the Abit Spursy Metal, Dan? Spursy Metal Man, who will get books playing well? Who will get books for playing pretty poorly? The most romantic metal in sports. Yes, Metalheads, the uh, most romantic metal in sport, is back. And the thing about romance, Dan, is that sometimes romance ends in heartbreak. And that's why I put to you that because we can't remember anything about the game previous, that this game is worth triple points <laughs> the Newcastle game for the Abit Spursy Medal. Unfortunately, almost all our players 
played like dog shit. So it's going to be quite hard to give out nine, six, and three points, um, which is why I'm going to hand it over to you to uh, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, and go first. Um, I feel like we're out at a restaurant now, and the 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 waiters come and say, uh, "Do you know what you want yet?" And you're like, "No, you go first, Dad." And you're just going to get, "I'll have what he's having." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so from the menu game, um, oh, it's uh, it's such a challenge to give out three, two, one. Uh, I'm gonna give three. Oh, sorry, not menu. Menu. We're just doing the Newcastle, but we're batching mm. them up in this. Yep. Um, <laughs> which in a sense is quite funny because, like, you know, PS scored against Everton. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's in there, but you know what? I'm gonna give Pierre the nine points. Wow. <laughs> Because um, he did score against Everton and he was missing in the Newcastle game. And I think this really just shows how important he is to our team at the moment. Not mm -hmm. necessarily, like, so not purely just in terms of sort of technical ability, but also just the, like you said, the presence he has in the middle. Mm. Um, he is really, really is our leader out on the, on the field. I genuinely believe that. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to give him nine. Um two points so that's the six point vote uh i'd like to give that to uh benton kerr <laughs> yeah, yeah great benton kerr he's uh, <laughs> it's really hard to batch up votes for like multiple games but um i, I think he's benton kerr i still feel is um he, he, there's room to improve but i think he is getting better and i think he's really he covers so much ground in addition to the work that he does when he's on the ball as well. And I think that he's almost similar to Pierre in that, I mean, people praise Benteke more than they praise Pierre, but a lot of the work he does just kind of goes unnoticed. Yep. Um, yep. So I'm going to give him six. Uh, and then the three points, uh, I am going to give that to... Um, Soi Basuma. <laughs> Because <laughs> I panicked and I just said Basuma. Um, encourage... <laughs> what is this? I encourage an award um, to Sessignon. Um, mm -hmm. I think actually in the Newcastle game, I thought he got into some really good positions, and he he started sort of like just trying to like shake and bake the defenders a little bit. Um, mm. And it looks like all right, maybe he's got his tail up, he's getting his confidence there. But still, the final ball, a little bit of work. But I thought there were some promising signs there and so I still think long term I think it'll be a really good um, play for us uh, negative negative three votes to Hugo hmm. what are you doing um, and yeah that's it oh great okay cool my votes um, I'll have what he's having <laughs> no 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 wait um, I am upset because as a general Ho fan after you we did that prelude, you know, coming into, I'm just going to repeat what you say, I did want to give him enough votes. Um, but now I, I can't. So. Um, you can if you want to. <sighs> you can, though. No, no, I won't. I'm going to give nine votes to Harry Kane. I love how, I love how deep in thought you're going about. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Harry Kane. Harry Kane 9, regardless of, you know, whether he looks like he's in form or not, the man can't stop but score. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. He's allergic to not scoring. Yep. He gets a rash. Um, so I'm going to go with him for nine. Six, General Ho. Um, three, I'm going to go with uh, Benton Kerr. Um, encouragement, Sessignon. Um, and a negative vote. Sounds awfully similar to my... <laughs> This sounds like uh, you've had it in my homework, but have changed one of the answers to make yeah. it different for the teacher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> negative votes I'm going to give. Um, um, see, I can't now. I want to, I want to say Larice because of that game, but you can say it. You can um, say it. You can say it. It okay. has to be. It has to be. Surely. Sweat, sweat. Negative ten, Larice. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Um, I feel as well, it, this show reminds me of like, you know, um, whose line is it anyway, where the, the big spill is like, no, 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 and the points don't matter. <laughs> it's really yeah, funny. yeah, yep. Um, but I love that when we get this vote, it's like, oh, I'm actually going to be really serious about this vote I'm going to give out. <laughs> Negative 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, that's a bit Spursy Metal votes for this week. Um, Beautiful. Um, I... Um, I just want to say um, thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Um, uh, we had a week off. Thanks for returning and listening to it. I was just going to add, Barney, I, I think what from next week we'll bring back uh, again um, for if you're going to give your a bit spursy metal votes in the Discord, yep. drop them in there and we'll be reading out a couple of those each week as well. Yeah, um, cool. So we'll, we'll reintroduce that into the segment. That was a good thing. Why did we stop doing that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, dropped up. I don't know. We, we'll bring that back. That's yeah. a good idea. So jump on. After these games, uh, leave your votes in there and, uh, mm. yeah, we'll chat about them. You know, next week, also, Dan, we might try out. I've noticed a lot of pods, Extra Inch, Wicked Spursy, Tottenham Depot. Um, they all have a bit of um, um, Fighting Cock. They all have, like, what have you been up to this week? We never do that. We, we always just jump straight in. Um, why, like, <laughs> the listeners should know about um, the, the trouble I had trying to find um, – trying to find the right screw to um, hang up a painting. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, it's it's something we should definitely uh, definitely include. Do you think all those other pods are sitting there going like, do you know what? A bit spursy. Um, I think something they do we should do is just have these stupid monologues as characters um, mm. and <laughs> get lost mm. on 20-minute diatribes about, <laughs> mm. about something. Let's Let's work that into the pod. Mm. Well, I'll be interested to see. I'll be listening and seeing if that comes up. Yeah. Mm. This is how we can all grow together. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's a constant. Life is about constant development. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fine. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Um, and uh, we have a Discord, as Dan said. Please jump on there if you are so inclined. It's a great little environment for co-watching the game or just chatting about Spurs. Um, As always, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And come on, you Spurs! You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.